Welcome to Episodes of Television. I'm your host, Donald. I am able to get my recording done on my computer with my mic and my equipment. I'm not on my phone again. I'm just having issues trying to adjust my sound levels the way I want to. They're not really coming through the way I, I really hope they would. So I'm going to try this and see how it goes. I'm going to be finishing up Season 5 of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And that's, uh, I did the math the other night. I really don't remember the math. I think it's like five episodes. No, it's, it's more than five. Right, there's two two-parters. And then I think four 15-minute episodes. It's something weird like that. We're just going to dive into it and we'll figure it out. A couple of these episodes, I don't remember watching. I don't remember watching them as a kid. It was a little bit different for me. Because here I am thinking, oh, well, I know what this episode is. I know what that episode is. Then I watched a couple of these and I thought, I don't remember this one. Ultimately, I know what's going to happen in them because I've watched this entire series. But it was just so weird. There's a really good chance I didn't see him when I was younger. Um, I think it was around season four, season five, I kind of started stepping out of the Ed and Eddie show. Just because I don't think they were showing it as much. They were going really close to the end of the run. And they weren't showing reruns as frequently. And started watching other shows and just kind of fell out of it. And then... Years later, after the initial run, 05 to 07, it felt like it was real sporadic. But in 2009, a friend of mine's like, hey, they made the Ed, Ed, and Eddie movie. And I was like, yeah, we got to watch it. But um, yeah, it was a little, a little bit different for me. There's really nothing to really say. I've got this like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a melancholy kind of feeling, kind of a bittersweet. I love this show. It drove me to a burnout, but I still love it so much. And I'm having to put it behind me. You know, watch whenever I want to. But I'm not watching it consistently again. Um, and it's also the first series done on the podcast. And, you know, this one. And then I'm doing the movie. And then it's, see you later, Eds. You know, it's, it's leaving a bad taste in my mouth, I guess. Because I don't want to leave the Eds, I want to dive deeper into the Eds. But I can't. I'm only one guy. I can't do it alone. Because I can only take my ideas so far. And then when I don't get, you know, someone else coming at me with thoughts and ideas, then the whole thing just falls flat. Now, if someone came on and they wanted to talk the Eds, I am totally open to that. Even if we're two or three series down the road, I mean, I don't care. I really don't want to finish up the series, but I also don't want to sit on it either. I am literally staring at my notebook 
thinking once you do these episodes you are one podcast away from moving on from the eds from your favorite childhood show and man i've i'm just at such a conflict with myself i never thought it would be like this i really didn't i figured it'd be like talk about it move on talk about the next thing move on no this one it's like it's really kind of hit me right now like it's really almost over I started this podcast in September 2018, and that's when I said, this is what the podcast is. This is my first show. Let's talk about it a little bit. The characters, the setting, the purgatory theory. And then I had um, my friends Stephen, Janet McGrew come on, and they opened the series with me. It was so much fun, and then just watching this, reliving my childhood, hearing these amazing lines, uh, seeing one of my all-time favorite characters again, and now I'm having to say goodbye, and I really don't like that feeling, you know? It really sucks. It really does suck. I I gotta get through it. I got other shows I've already got. The next three shows picked out. One is ready to go. Um, and I'm really hoping my plans come together for when I cover the movie. Because I really want those plans to come together. I really, I really, really do. I can't put this off any longer. Here we go. The second half of season five, all two episodes of season six. I'm going to get into the season six thing based on something I read the other night. Just got to jump in and do it. This episode, I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of do this the way I did the last one. This is the episode This is the episode, this is what happens, here's a quote. Next episode, same thing. Uh, Because it's just going to move a lot faster for me. Alright, here we go. Tinker Ed. Plank is reading a mind control book. And Johnny's sitting in a beanbag chair. We come to find out that Rolf and Kevin are studying in the library. Now... I got to make this point. Plank is reading a mind control book. Johnny's the only one that can hear him. And we have seen instances of where Plank is his own entity. Where he does different things. Like he can't actually move himself. But because of like how Johnny does something, Plank has made this happen. And it's so funny to think of Plank as his own entity, his own like chaotic character who's ready to to just like do anything. And he has Johnny as his patsy and he doesn't even need to use mind control on Johnny. I just think that's hilarious. Sarah's in the corner of the library and she's reading a fairy tale to Jimmy. 
and Kevin says, hey, I got to study for this geography test. Or I got to write this geography essay, something like that. Something about geography. Sarah screams the words of the fairy tale. And I, I just, I took notes of these book titles, a couple of books you see on top of the shelf. And there is Chicken Pirate. And there is Atlas of the Moon. Why would you need an Atlas of the Moon? Or is this like a character named Atlas and he is of like, he's of the moon people? You know, like a sci-fi book. I don't know. You know, what is a chicken pirate? Is it just a chicken wearing an eye patch and <laughs> a pirate hat? Does it have a peg leg? Anyway, okay. Uh, Jimmy's running around and he's like, I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm a butterfly, I'm a fairy, I'm whatever fairy tale creature. Kevin tells him that fairy tales are a load of baloney. That being said, a load of baloney is a runner through this episode. Jimmy sets out to prove Kevin wrong. And we see that Rolf has a literal load of baloney in his backpack. The Eds are leaving school. And we've come to find out that Ed was pantsed in front of the cheerleaders, such as Naz. And the Eds see Jimmy, and they start messing with him. He's on like a little rug in his yard, and he's acting like... He's acting like he's, uh, like... Um, Aladdin or something. And... And he's like, ooh, he's like playing with the rug. He's like, ooh, you're flying now, Jimmy. Him and Ed do that kind of thing with him. Eddie says that he he saw a unicorn, tells Jimmy to meet him in an hour. Double D's like, Eddie, that's fantastic because, you know, you're, you're helping Jimmy still live his childhood. You're letting him live a fairy tale trying to cheer him up kind of thing we see that Eddie and Jimmy are in the woods and we see a unicorn more like the um the silhouette of a unicorn against the sky you know <laughs> this is so stupid Eddie says here's a magical unicorn cracker and Jimmy can have it and feed it to the unicorn for a quarter. So Jimmy pays a quarter for a cracker. He goes to the unicorn and he hugs it. Eddie is pulling Jimmy off of the unicorn and says hugging costs extra. And as Jimmy pulls, or as Eddie pulls Jimmy and Jimmy is holding on to the unicorn, he rips the unicorn head off. And we see that it's Double D and Ed in a costume. And Jimmy is devastated. And we see that Rolf is paranoid because somebody yelled, load of baloney. Rolf settles up against a tree and... Okay, yeah, I'm at the right note. I thought I wrote this later on. Uh, Rolf is up against the tree and he eats his baloney, package and all. Like he doesn't even unwrap it, he just eats all of it, just like it is. Jimmy goes to Sarah. We don't see Jimmy. And the Eds are on their way to the candy store because they're going to go buy a jawbreaker. 
The double D is like, I feel guilty. We we need to fix this. We need to do what's right. Sarah comes up, beats up Eddie. He doesn't really, or she doesn't hit double D. She doesn't really hit Ed. But what she does is she, Ed is standing in one spot. And she pulls Eddie into Ed a ton of times. Tells them that they need to fix Zombie Johnny. Eddie has dressed up as a fairy. And to show that he's flying, Ed is controlling him via fishing pole. Jimmy sees through it. Double D is Alanis, mermaid of the sea. Jimmy sees through it. Ed is Nugget the gnome. And Jimmy sees through that. The Eds have completely failed. And Jimmy's walking and he trips over a golden horseshoe. And we see it. It looks like a horseshoe. And it looks gold. Both sides of it. Eddie says, I'll give you a quarter for that. Gives Jimmy back the quarter he had. And he thinks he is stinking rich. Come to find out. It's like thing of dentures like like the gum part and then the teeth they said it's a dental retainer but it looks more like like dentures to me with gold nail polish on it jimmy scammed eddie and then takes pictures of the eds in their costumes and they say they're going to spread it around the school and everything and Naz and Johnny find Rolf, and he is completely fat. I put fat Rolf. Rolf feels miserable, and that's the end of the episode. And I have a quote from Ed when they discover that it's a dental retainer, as they called it. Uh, Ed says, Horses don't have teeth on their feet, Double D. The good, the bad, and the Ed. We see Naz cleaning windows. Sarah's cleaning the driveway. She's got a push broom. She's pushing leaves out of the driveway, down past the sidewalk, and well into the street. And this toy plane flies by. We see Eddie's not working. Ed stops what he's doing. And he's watching this plane, and it lands on the house that they're in front of. Double D's raking leaves. Gavin's bagging them. We see that the Urban Rangers have assembled. Rolf, Johnny, Jimmy, and Plank come together and they do everyone's chores and the kids all cheer. And they have set up a table in the middle of the cul-de-sac to get other kids to join the Urban Rangers. And Eddie, of course, his history with the Urban Rangers, he rips up the pamphlet and then everyone makes fun of him. Uh, something about he looks like 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 a side table, and Rolf puts like a doily on his head and a teapot. And just out of nowhere, Ed grabs toast and dips it in the thing on Eddie's head. Like, I I literally wrote, "Where did Ed get his toast from?" Eddie challenges Rolf. 
to get the hardest badge of the Urban Rangers. Eddie, not even an Urban Ranger, he is still challenging for this badge. This is called the Hairy Chest of Resilience Badge, and this is hardcore. I couldn't do it. They make a circle. They're over in the construction area. Make a circle. It's called the Circle of Supremacy. Eddie's on one side and Rolf's on the other. And the rules are both contestants must endure without a murmur, a mumble, or a mutter of grief to win this badge. This episode, I never seen before, so this was one of those like, whoa, I never seen this. So their first test is called the Wax of Wailing, where one person puts wax on one of the contestants' legs, the other person puts down a waxing strip, and they rip the thing off. Yes, the first test is having your leg waxed, and you can't do or say anything that shows that it hurts. They both pass. I'm surprised Rolf did. As much hair came off of his. Second test, bumping of the funny bone. They're both in a garage. On a chair, have their arm tied a certain way. And somebody has some kind of contraption to where they can turn the, the chair that the contestant is in to hit their funny bone on a filing cabinet drawer. They both pass. Third test, the bramble bush of bellyache. Very simple, you crawl through a bramble bush in your birthday suit. They both pass. The fourth test, the pendulum of protest. There are three boulders tied to the, uh, the swing set and in between them, in between the left and the right is Eddie. In between the middle and the right is Rolf. And they swing the boulders and it's like the pendulum like you see on people's desks. The boulder crashes into one and it goes through. The other one goes back. It's the other contestant. And they do that for so long. It would literally kill a normal person. They both pass. The final test, the Tour of Tears. This is the big one. We see that Rolf and Eddie are on boards, like long boards. And I thought, oh, they're like, they made like diving boards for like a pool or something. No. They're on a cliff. They're diving boards for a cliff. You have to jump off. Or Eddie, he basically like climbs to the end and just drops. And as they drop, they get hit by a train. And then they, like the front low part of the train, they hit that. And they come off of it. And they bounce down the tracks. And of course, you have to have some cartoon antics in there. They switch the, um, the tracks, that lever. 
So the train goes one way, and these two follow the tracks another way into a couch. The couch is then catapulted, and they both land in the circle of supremacy. We find out that Rolf has won. Eddie passed out one second before Rolf. Eddie also won something. He won the Crybaby Boohoo badge. He didn't cry. He didn't give up. He passed out. So I don't think that really applies there. But that's what they award him. And Eddie is crawling to try to get back at Rolf. And, but Ed drags him away on orders of Double D. And the quote I have for this episode is at the very end of the episode. You heard him, Eddie. Rest is best, so be no pest and I'll wear a vest. Said by Ed. Tied end, Ed. Naz is cheerleading with Sarah and Jimmy. Kevin is coaching the football team, which is him, the Eds, Johnny, Plank, and Rolf. Kevin shows them how to hit the training dummies. No one really does it. Um, Rolf bends one over and hits it with a paddle. Ed just ran head first into it. Eddie just stands there. Kevin gets mad at him and leaves. We see the Kankers are up in the stands and they're booing their their team. They go to Peach Creek. Oh, what is it? Peach Creek Junior High, and their team is called the Cobblers. The Kankers are like the Peach the Peach Creek Cobblers stink. And Ed has inadvertently in his frightfulness of the Kankers. Closed his eyes, ran around, hoping they would leave. He trips, and he rolls up, knocks the cankers off the bleachers. All the kids cheer him, and he does a little dance, and then Naz takes that away to show him something. That's literally what she said. She's like, hey, Ed, I want to show you something. Then we see Double D and Eddie eating spaghetti. Ed comes in, he is silent, he's just staring, his eyes are big, and he's sweating profusely. Eddie wants to know what's going on, and he can't, Ed, Ed, ah, Ed says he can't tell because it's a secret. And then they say it's time for the game, and Ed says he wants a shower, which is really weird because Ed never showers. We've seen that multiple times through the series. Time for the big game. Everyone is afraid of the other team, except for Kevin. Sarah and Jimmy come out, and then Naz comes out, and she brings a cardboard oven with her. And out comes the mascot. Ed is the, the Peach Creek Cobbler mascot. And I made a note that the cobbler emblem was kind of like a jack-o'-lantern. It's like an angry peach, but it looks like a jack-o'-lantern, kind of. And he decides to leave the game because he wants to be the mascot. And we see that everybody's getting hit by the other team while they're trying to move the ball. The entire team gets distracted by Eddie's antics 
in his competition with Ed. Part of the competition between Ed and Eddie was Ed was supposed to be shot out of a cannon. Well, Eddie says, I'm going to do it. And Eddie's Eddie's mascot outfit was him dressed up as a hammer because he was the clobberer guy. That doesn't make any sense. I know. Ultimately, the cobblers lost to the Lemon Brook Lumpers. They lost. The last seen score was 62 to 0. They go in the locker room. Double D comes out with Ed and he says he can't find Eddie anywhere. Ed says Eddie is the new mascot for the, for the Lemon Brook Lumpers. And we see that Eddie is taped to their bus. And he's got a mouthful of lemons. Double D can't quite catch up. And Ed runs up there, shakes his hand. And you think he would pull Eddie off the bus? You know, he says, I'll see you at the, at the mascot convention. And the bus drives away. That's the end of Tight End Ed. And for the quote, I got ABC123. My butt's bigger than a small country. From Ed when he does his victory dance after getting rid of the cankers. Between a rock and an Ed place. I also don't really remember this episode. I think they just phoned this one in. I really do. Naz, Sarah, and Jimmy are together and they hear a noise. And they see the Eds are in the gym doing an experiment. This experiment is to see if Ed can find his way to a pie using only smell. And while he is finding his way to the pie, Eddie grabs a gym bag and he tricks Ed with it making Ed go in a different way. Eventually, Ed runs into a wall. Eddie keeps making him run into the same wall. And then Ed busts through, and it's the bathroom wall. We see Kevin's in a stall, and Johnny's trying to give him something. We find out that Jimmy is handing out invitations to Plank's Groovy Arbor Day Party, which is a party-slash-feast, basically. And... Double D notes, Arbor Day is six months away. But that doesn't phase Johnny. He literally just stares at Double D. We see that Rolf is in the gym and he has a huge potato for his experiment. And Johnny runs off. Yeds dress up for this party at Johnny's. Double D, or no, Eddie makes quite his entrance. He sneaks in a tape and he makes his own little like smoke entrance. He comes in and then we notice that nobody else is there. It's just the Eds, Johnny, and Plank. They sit down to listen to Plank tell a joke. Johnny and Ed laugh, but. Double D just kind of laughs along, and Eddie just sits there. Then they play Oak Oak Spruce. It plays exactly the same as Duck Duck Goose, but instead of duck, you say oak. Instead of goose, you say spruce. 
feel like Dr. Seuss right now. Johnny tells the or he tells the ads that Plank ordered pizza for their feast. Then they play a new game. Guess how many nuts are in the jar? It's a jar full of nuts, and Ed guesses three. Double D guesses like 978 or something. The other kids couldn't make it because Kevin was making cupcakes. Rolf couldn't find matching socks. Naz is peddling papers. Jimmy is washing his hair, and Sarah said, beat it, Baldy. Those were their excuses. Eddie leaves. Johnny gets upset and cries because he wanted Plank's Arbor Day wish to come true. So, Double D convinces Eddie to come back. Oh, Johnny was just fooling. Ed and Plank both wish for a never-ending party. And upon wishing for a never-ending party, Johnny and Ed lock and barricade everybody inside. Then they had to join hands, stand in a circle, and watch until a tree started growing from a pot. That is the end of the episode. And at mention of this feast, Ed yells, Pop my belly button, Johnny. All Eds are off. In swimming class at the community pool, Double D swimming with his life vest on. Eddie's asleep in the pool and sinks, and upon sinking and nearly drowning, he wakes up. Ed is eating gravy. He's not even in the pool. He's just sitting on the ledge right there by the pool and just eating gravy. Johnny and Plank, Naz, Kevin, Rolfin, and the Eds all jump off the diving board. Now here's the thing. In the very first episode, Johnny was worried about Plank swelling up from water from a water gun. There was another episode where Plank landed in a puddle, swelled up real big. Johnny jumps with Plank into the pool and he does not swell. Johnny's not worried about him swelling, nothing. Which kind of threw me off. When Ed jumps, he comes down and hits the diving board, and his box of gravy falls in the pool. And he picks it up and says, good thing it didn't spill. At that point, the bottom of the box gave out, and gravy went everywhere, making a gravy pool. And while they're in the gravy pool, Ed has a bunch of ladles in between his toes, why does he have ladles in between his toes? And where did they come from? I I mean, obviously the ladles are to serve and eat the gravy, but why are they in his toes? Where did he hide them? He's not in his regular clothes. The kids get on the bus, find out that Eddie got detention because of Ed. Ed opens. Ed opens his jacket and reveals gravy cakes. 
and I wrote Return of the Gravy Cakes. We haven't seen Gravy Cakes since the Christmas episode when he left Gravy Cakes and Milk out for Santa. So some of the kids are talking on the bus, specifically the Eds, and then Kevin and Rolf join in, and they all make bets. This is what they're supposed to do. Ed cannot eat gravy for a day. Eddie has to stop talking so loudly and yelling. Double D can't use big words. Kevin can't say dorks. Johnny cannot listen to Plank. And Rolf cannot eat any meat. Then they all put in a quarter. Whoever won got the money. They asked Naz if she wanted to join and she said no. Sarah and Eddie bump into each other in the hallway. She screams at him. And Eddie almost yells back and then he just kind of whispers to her. Johnny tackles Jimmy. And tells Jimmy to tell him to do something. Yes, Jimmy, or Johnny tackled Jimmy for an order. Because he can't listen to Plank. Double D has trouble uh, using small words, almost a voicing. That's not what I wrote. He has trouble using small words, and Ed is having gravy withdrawals. You know, like when somebody is like deeply addicted to something, and they're like, no, you gotta go cold turkey. They go through those like massive withdrawals, like it was like that. Is gravy another drug in this show? Like the jawbreakers? I don't think so, because it's really just Ed that eats it. Eddie pesters Kevin at lunch, hitting him with spitballs and everything. Johnny brings Eddie's socks to him. Kevin breaks first. He gets in Eddie's face and just, he's like, you, you, dorks. Dork, 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 dork. He walks off. He's at, he doesn't care that he lost the bet. Uh, Double D follows. Um, Eddie's marking out words in a dictionary, saying them wrong. And then Double D uses big words again, so he loses. And then Eddie acts like he's taking Plank home and talking to Plank. And then Johnny's like, nope, not happening, so he loses. We see that Rolf has become so weak, he can't even lift celery. And then Rolf breaks and he eats meat. So it's down to Ed and Eddie. And there is a giant pot of what looks to be gravy. And Ed jumps in, no hesitation. And Eddie says he's won. He starts yelling, screaming, he's won, I'm rich, I'm rich. It wasn't gravy. It was butterscotch pudding. This means that Ed won. And we come to find out that Ed is allergic to butterscotch pudding. So Ed is allergic to butterscotch pudding, and he's allergic to fish. We learn another thing about Ed in a future episode I'm going to do here. As Ed is triumphant, we see him looking at a gravy catalog. Where he could get like 
Mexican chili or gravy, Mexican gravy, or like Swedish gravy. Like, it's really weird. I don't know, like, I thought gravy was just gravy. Ed won't give up his gravy. He won't even go get jawbreakers. So Eddie chases him with the uh, butterscotch pudding. Eddie spills some and falls. That's the end of all Eds are off. You know, now that I think about it, that's the second time Ed has won something in this season. He won the spelling bee and now he won this multi-way bet. When they're on the bus, Eddie yells, and Ed says, Your voice is like toothpicks in my drumsticks, Eddie. Smile for the Ed. There's a line for picture day. See the cankers and mainly are fighting over some kind of perfume. And he gets sprayed all over Jimmy, who's who's dressed up and he's ready to have his picture taken they ruin his clothes with the perfume then we see Eddie's checking himself out in the back of Johnny's head he I guess that's right after this line Um, Ed pops up looking in the mirror and he puts a snail on his head for some reason we find out that Eddie is trying to make sure he takes the absolutely nicest, perfect picture for his mother so that he can move into his brother's room. And the kids take their pictures. You know, in this series, we don't see adults. The most we see are arms and hands, and that's all we see of the photographer is the hand. But there is a flashback where we see um, Eddie's mom showing him the key. And I was reading that it says El Hombre because that was a nickname of Danny Antonucci, the creator of Ed, Ed and Eddie. And the arm with the key looked rather mannish. Just think about that. The kids take their pictures. The boys see Nad as they swoon over her. It's time for Eddie's picture. And he's trying to take the best picture he can. And Kevin comes up, yells dork, and ruins the photo. We're in band class. Eddie's looking at his photo, and he's like, Oh man, I'm not getting into into Big Bro's room. Double D tells him he's in photography club, and he can take another... He, he tells Eddie that he's in photography club and can take a new picture for him. So Eddie feeds the picture to Ed, and Ed shoots it out of his instrument, and I was reading that it's a saxophone. And then he puts it in the big end and blows it out, and it hits Kevin, who's playing the drums. Then Kevin starts spraying the picture around. And then we see that someone made copies of the photo Stuck them in the lockers everywhere. There's a pile of them in a room. Eddie sees all these pictures, 
hides them. He takes the photocopier, stuffs it in his locker. And at one point, the kids are, in, I think they're in the cafeteria, and they all got Eddie's picture on their face with the eyes cut out. It's really weird. The cankers get Eddie, and Double D impersonates the principal to help Eddie return all these photos to Eddie, or everyone gets attention for the semester. So Eddie gets dressed up. He's ready to take his new photo, his re his redo. Kevin sabotages it again. Double D only has one picture left on the camera that he can take. And as soon as Double D's ready to hit the button, Kevin puts this picture in front of Eddie's face. We see that Eddie's locker is getting enormously overloaded. It's weird. The, like, you can see, like, the pictures and the locker starts bulging. At one point, the door bulges out so much you'd think it would have like the hinges would have broken off but then you don't see like anything it's just like dark just like a fill in and the whole thing explodes and there's pictures everywhere through the school we find out Eddie is punished for making so many copies of his photo and he's also punished for impersonating the principal and he's like I don't remember doing that Eddie takes because Ed was doing drawings of of Eddie. Eddie takes one and uses that as his school photo to try to get into his big bro's room. And Ed wants to draw Double D. And so he says makeup and takes a chalkboard eraser and smacks Double D in the face. And then you see it like all cloud up. And then he's like self-portrait and hits himself. And then we close the episode. Uh, the quote I got is... Pronto's my middle name. No, wait, it's Horace. And that's by Ed. So we have come to find out Ed's name is Edwin Horace. Double D is Edward Marion. And Eddie's is Eddie Skipper. Nobody has a last name until the movie. But these are the only three characters we know the first and middle names of. Run, Ed, run. We see Johnny looking in a hole in a tree. Eddie and Double D are at Ed's house. This this one threw me off because I was like, that's Ed's house. I'm 99% cert, uh, certain it is. They go inside like there's no labels, so it's not Double D's. Possibly Eddie's, but his house is white, but this house is green. So that only brings it to to Ed, but we don't see Ed for a second. It really threw me off. Eddie's watching Double D fail to blow up balloons. And the balloons are to stretch their pants pockets so they can take a bunch of jawbreakers home from the jawbreaker factory because they got a field trip today. Sarah's feeding Ed buttered toast like he's a dog getting a treat. Jimmy gives Ed a fresh sash that says bus monitor on it. Bus monitor means he gets to say, or he gets to tell who gets to sit in what seat. 
Sarah and Jimmy want the front seat. Eddie wants the front seat because then they're the first in the jawbreaker factory. Double D is using Ed to blow up a bunch of balloons and Sarah cries for help. She's outside, she pounds on the door. And when Ed is runs out, he's concerned he's looking for, Jimmy drops a sidewalk block on his head. And then Sarah comes out of the bush and she pretends that the sky fell. She's got like cotton on her head like a cloud and some paint on her. And she's like, the sky fell. And we go inside and we see that the balloon trick has worked and Eddie has huge pockets. Ed panics. Ed panics about the whole sky falling and Double D talks to him. And, and then he puts a balloon in his pocket and floats. He's trying to reassure Ed that the sky can't fall. We now see that Johnny is stuck in the hole in the tree. His head is. His head gets stuck everywhere. Ed brings Double D and Eddie inside and they hide under tables and cabinets and he calls it his doom room. Double D tricks Ed to go outside and get Sarah. Sarah, Jimmy, and Johnny get on the bus and as the Eds get to the bus, the bus leaves. Eddie uses his arm as a lasso, catches the back that back handle on the bus, opens the door, crawls in up to the front seat, and Ed walks on top of Eddie to give Sarah and Jimmy pots to hold over their head to protect them from the falling sky. Well, Eddie and Ed, like, Eddie loses his grip somehow. They go backwards, they hit this little machine that they're on. It's like a wagon with a fan and using Eddie's like enormous pockets as like a mast. And when the machine kicks in, they had they had switched it to the higher speed. So then the machine goes into I, I put into hyperdrive and as they come up, like you can tell they're gonna go right into the bus. The bus takes a small hill down. And when they come across, Eddie catches the front window and he fights with Sarah and Jimmy. He literally takes the front seats out of the window and he feels like he's won. And the Eds are flying up. They're like going to go into space and then they just stop. They hit the sky and the sky cracks and chunks of it fall. And behind the screen it, or behind the sky is a static TV screen. It felt very like Truman Show-ish to me for a second. Ed is cleaning up bits of the sky and Double D's studying it. Eddie's handing out tape to Ed. Jimmy brings back too many jawbreakers. He has two stuffed animals completely full of jawbreakers and he can barely pull them. And Sarah has ate so many jawbreakers. And she comes over and hits Jimmy and Jimmy goes flying and Eddie is right in front of Sarah and then she ends up puking all over him and that's the end of Run Ed Run uh, I got a couple of quotes uh, one is when they're on the machine their little like wagon fan thing 
Batten down the poop deck, pull up your britches, let's sit and serve. That's from Ed. And at the end of the episode, Sarah is got all these jawbreakers. He sees the, the saliva around her mouth, and he thinks it's barred of the sky, and he yells, Release my sister, Nemesis of Blue Yonder. Town called Ed. The kids are released for the weekend. Kevin invites everyone except the Eds. Obviously, the cankers aren't there. He invites the kids, except for the Eds, over to watch the Monster Truck Marathon. Ed's lunch bag is stuck to his lockers, and he pulls, he pulls it, and the lockers start coming down. And the lockers come a little way over, and they, it hits Ed's head and stops there, and a book slides down. Double D is wanting to do their book assignment on the history of Peach Creek, and all the books they needed have been checked out. Well, lucky for them, a book slides down, hits Eddie on the head, covered in dust, find out it's called Fort Peach Creek. Double D reads that Peach Creek is over 300 years old, and that Eddie's ancestors live there. They founded Peach Creek. Next morning, the kids get scrolls. Naz is doing her hair. Jimmy's feeding stuffed animals. And Rolf's taking a turnip bath. What even does a turnip bath do for you? Literally. Tell me. Explain to me. So Eddie's anticipating all the kids coming over to grovel to him. But they just go to Kevin's. And they're watching the monster truck show, eating snacks, having fun. And the Eds interrupt the monster truck show and put on a history show to explain that Eddie's ancestors founded Peach Creek so they should respect him more. Kevin sees how Ed hooked up the hooked into his antenna. It looks like a power cord tied to the bottom part of a hanger. Then the hanger is hooked onto the antenna. Well, Eddie sees that the kids aren't watching him. They're watching the monster truck show. Says, Ed, I told you to hook into his antenna. Ed says, I did. And he's pulling the cord. And he says, see, the hanger's on the antenna. The antenna is attached to the canker's trailer. And Eddie says, you gotta leave me alone. My family founded Peach Creek, so we're in charge here. Marie has, we, we had found out earlier, I just said this, we found out earlier that the book was missing a page. Come to find out, that was in Marie's pocket. Turns out, Eddie's ancestor gambled and lost Peach Creek to Lord Canker. So the Cankers own Peach Creek. The cankers come after the Eds like they normally do, and that's the end of the episode. So here's my question. If the cankers own Peach Creek, why, why did they move there, just move there, in the second episode of the series? You would think that the family, if they own it, they would have stayed there. 
You know what I mean? Uh, I got a couple of quotes. When the kids are leaving, Ed says, See you at the next thing we can't come to, Kevin. And when they're watching the monster trucks, Johnny says, Blank's got goosebumps on his splinters. Alright, here we go. This is a two-parter called A Fistful of Ed. We see that there's a happy cluckers club. Which consists of Double D, Johnny and Plank, Ed, Sarah and Jimmy. The gankers come in because they want some eggs. The kids hide, but not Double D. He protects one of the eggs. He's holding a book, and he accidentally drops it on Lee's foot. And the cankers take uh, Marie and May take Lee out of there. And they're like, Double D, you're such a mean person. How how could you do that to somebody else? After they they destroy, they literally destroyed the cul-de-sac in one episode. Literally. Now, the kids are scared of Double D because of what he did to Lee Kanker. Nas tells Kevin, Kevin doesn't believe her. Eddie eavesdrops, goes over to Double D. Double D is completely guilt-ridden. He feels horrible about what happens. And Rolf comes over and asks to borrow a pencil. And Double D accidentally kicks Rolf twice. And at one point, a bunch of a bunch of pencils come flying out of Double D's locker and pin Rolf to the the lockers on the other side of the hall. And all the kids see it. Rolf has an x-ray showing he has a huge skull fracture. Like, he should be in the hospital. And Eddie's in a black jacket and his hair slicked back. Is he the Fonz now? Is he going to start going, hey. So Eddie's taking advantage of the situation. Taking, hey, I'm, I'm friends with the guy that beat up the canker, beat up Rolf. Kind of thing. Uh, Double D sees Marie and Johnny fighting over a slice of pie. He goes over there to talk to him. And Eddie has hit Johnny, knocked him into Marie. And then Johnny bounces out of a window, hits a tree. And he just kind of lays there for a second. The kids all huddle in the corner as Double D comes over to explain. He says something to Jimmy. And he says, Sarah. And Ed jumps in front of him with a chair, ready to protect his sister. Ed says his mom says that he cannot be friends with a meanie like Double D. That's not exactly what he said. I didn't catch it, catch exactly what he said, but something very along those lines. We see that it looks like Double D is chasing Ed, and damages are being broken and tossed up, and the kids see the chance to run away. Double D's alone in another room. He's pruning a flower. He's he's basically in tears at this point because he has no friends and nobody likes him. And he thinks he sees Ed under a desk. Offers him his hand to help him out from under. And it's Jimmy, and Jimmy panics when Double D gets close to him. Then he sees that Double D's flower is a cross between a rose and a baby blue gym sock. And he says that only a, a tender-hearted 
kind person with delicate hands could have done this. And so Jimmy accepts Double D again because he he doesn't see that Double D is being a meanie. He sees that Double D, you know, he's not the harmful guy that everyone's making him out to be. Jimmy, I can't believe I'm about to say this. He trims a hedge to look like a psychiatrist's couch. And he acts as Double D's therapist. Double D breaks down what happened. Double D was getting pencils and he knocked down a bottle of liquid white. Their version of white out. He tripped on it once. And that was the first kick to Rolf. Tripped on it a second time. That was the second kick to Rolf. And then his tie got caught on the hook in the locker. And that pulled him back. And the, somehow that force pulling him back shot the pencils out of the cup, which pinned Rolf to the locker. And then when he was de-escalating the pie situation, he reached in his lunch bag, got a fork under the nail, that, that meat right under your fingernail. Ooh, man, that's got to hurt. And when he pulled his hand out, the fork was stuck to his hand and he ended up hitting Johnny. And Johnny came down and bounced into Marie and then out the window. And then when Double D, when Ed stood up to Double D, Double D tried taking the chair from Ed. And when he did, he fell over and Ed fell on top of him. And when Ed fell, Double D put his arms around him to hug him to let him know he was, he was still the same Double D. And Ed panicked, and in his panic, he caused Double D's hands to become twisted. And Ed ran into tables, the walls, chairs, everything. And it looked like, it looked like Double D was chasing him. Jimmy's got a plan. He, he walks around the school, he sees Kevin. So he challenges Double D to a fight at the pit at 3 o'clock. Kevin goes out and spreads words to the other kids. He said Eddie is in a in a recliner. Has Johnny and Rolf carrying him. He grabs Ed and they all go to this pit. And it looks like, like a wooded area. Jimmy has his snake tattoo again. In the episode where they built the city, Jimmy had a snake tattoo on his face. And now he's got it again. The kids are worried about Jimmy. They think Double D is going to kill him. And it's fight time. And it turns into, you know, like, two people staying there, like, moving their fists, like, sizing each other up. Then in slap fight, stop, slap fight again. And then there's a chase. Double D chasing Jimmy. And Eddie antagonizes Jimmy. He keep he keeps throwing hot dogs at the kid. He even gets like mustard on Jimmy's face with his with his hot dog throwing. We see Jimmy's mad and he says, What are you gonna do? Blow up like you know, like when we made him a sumo wrestler? I was like, hey, a reference. Jimmy climbs his it looks like like a bucket off of a um, like a construction 
I don't I don't know the names of the different equipment and everything used at construction sites, but the ones that they have the treads, they drive and it's got that giant bucket on the front and they just kind of push up a bunch of dirt with it. He's trying to climb that. Double D grabs grabs his shorts and he pulls and Jimmy loses his grip and flies back and hits Rolf. And they're like, Double D, he's gonna he's going after everybody again. At this point, Jimmy gets so red in the face mad, he tackles Double D and just beats him up. And the kids cheer for Jimmy. Double D's uh He's in good standing with the kids again. He's not the school bully. Ed and Double D have become friends again. Ed was about to replace Double D with an egg named Double G. Like, he basically did, and then he said something, and it reminded him of Double D, and he started crying, and then then Eddie grabbed him. The cankers. I I do need to say this. Um... While they're fighting and Eddie's throwing the hot dogs, I think I think it's Johnny says, I don't know where he got all those wieners from. The Kankers go after Double D, and Eddie yells at the Kankers to leave him alone. Kankers walk off, and then Eddie gives Double D and Ed hot dogs. He grabs another one, and they eat to end the episode. I, I want to know where he got all the hot dogs from now. Uh, the quote I have is from Ed. Early on in the episode, Double or Eddie's laughing, thinking Double D couldn't do anything. Ed says, do not taunt the D. I love that line. The Eds are coming. This is another two-parter. Jimmy's in Dreamworld. Real and stuffed animals do his hair. He gets to a caterpillar train thing. He like it's got like a saddle he sits on it and it's got wheels to go along a train track. The sun turns around and he's like, Hi Jimmy. So the sun literally greets him. We see Kevin as and Rolf and they're all being nice to him. Hey your cow look looks good, you're a good guy, Jimmy. Stuff like that. We see that the ads are getting spanked by a doll. They're like bent over and the stall is moving has a giant paddle to hit all three at once and they're still like Jimmy you're the best then Jimmy grows butterfly wings and he goes and he sees Sarah running to him so he runs too and when they're getting close to each other all of a sudden saw blades drop down from the sky start sawing up the cul-de-sac and these little arms come down grab the cul-de-sac and start pulling it out of the ground and as the cul-de-sac is lifted, Jimmy's hanging on to a pipe. The pipe breaks and he falls. And then he wakes up. And he thinks he's going to see this craziness outside. No, he sees snow. Sarah came over. She says, did you ever eat these like cupcakes or something before bed? Because they give you nightmares. I had one or two. She pulls a box out. He's like, I'm a little piggy. I think that's exactly what he says. He's getting dressed to go outside, and he sees a postcard. And on the other side of it is a cornfield, kind of very similar to his dream. And I put dream PTSD 
because he sees it and then it, then he thinks of his dream and he just like panics and sits there and he doesn't know what to do. Then we see Johnny's in a trash can collecting stuff. He says, Wait, what else do we need, Plank? A rutabaga? Rolf's got one of those probably. So he goes over to Rolf's house and he sees glowing lights. Then we're going to cut back to Jimmy and Sarah and he's ice sculpting the robot arm that lifted the cul-de-sac from his dream. Double D is inside tutoring Eddie in math and Johnny panics all the kids. There's aliens, there's weird stuff going on at Rolf's. And the kids don't believe him, but Jimmy does because he had the weird dream. Johnny mentioned going to Rolf's house. And Sarah said that Ed left a note written on, it's like on the very end of a toilet paper roll. Ed is at Rolf's house. So Kevin says, the only way we're going to figure out if he's telling the truth or not, and to find out if Ed's there and needs help, is if we go to Rolf's house. So they go to Rolf's house. Now there's snow on the ground everywhere, but there's a giant circle around Rolf's house. There's no snow at all. Like it all melted. And come to find out that once you get inside this circle, it's super, super hot. And uh, just randomly, something shoots out of the chimney, and it looks like a shooting, like a green shooting star when it's landing, crashes into the ground at the at the playground. And the kids go investigate, and they're looking at it. It's green. It's glowing. Then they say a hand pop out, and the kids all run. And Double D and Eddie are hiding behind the poles of a swing. It's got like a tiger swing on it. And it's like, now's the best chance to make a break for it. Eddie grabs Double D, holds him in front and runs. And they run straight into Ed. The kids go over to him and Kevin says, let's storm the house. Eddie says, who put you in charge? Okay, you can be first in. All right, so Kevin's in charge. Double D, he goes to Ed's house and studies comics. Comes up with heat vision. He goes over to Kevin's, tries to get in the basement, but no one told him the password. So Ed tackles him. And then when Ed sees that it's really Double D, he takes him in the basement. Kevin's finishing up his speech, takes questions. Jimmy grovels to Kevin, kisses his shoes. Double D says he has battle suits. Wearing bags of frozen veggies, frozen burritos, things like that to counteract the heat vision. So they're going to go outside in their winter clothes to stay warm with frozen bags of like frozen peas, frozen veggies, burritos on them to step into this highly hot area. Say, uh, Kevin says, make sure your weapons are ready. Eddie has a vacuum kind of thing because he wants to capture an alien. They've deduced it's aliens. I probably should have said that. They've deduced it's aliens. Eddie wants to catch one so he can be rich, so he makes a vacuum kind of thing. Kevin has a chunky puff gun 
he loads a chunky puffs in there like it's a cartridge for like a for like a rifle but kevin has a chunky puff gun johnny has ketchup and mustard bottles nas has a mirror in her brush ed has a giant tube and bowling balls uh, Jimmy has a tennis racket, and Sarah has perfume. Homemade perfume from Jimmy. And he's a little mad to find out that, hey, you are you said you like this, now you're using it as a weapon? Not cool. Uh, something's coming from the chimney. You know, like, in cartoons they have those stink lines that look like that, but I couldn't tell exactly what it was, and they didn't act like they smelled anything weird. Uh, kids take their positions. Sarah approaches first, goes to the open window, pulls the top off the perfume bottle, throws it in. She's running away. The perfume bottle is returned to her, and it lands, capturing the top of her head down to her nose, and she falls over. Ed, Ed wants to go get her, but Eddie sends Jimmy from his mailbox out to get her. And Johnny, he comes up to the, he puts the plank down, he gets on top of the chimney, and he is shooting ketchup and mustard, and he's only hitting plank. And then this big smell comes up, inflates his head, and then he just kind of, like, withers down like a balloon. Kevin takes Ed, says, give me your weapon, load it with the bowling balls, we're going to shoot him in. And he's like, he's like, hurry up, dork. And then Ed takes this box of bowling balls. He's holding a box full of bowling balls, rolls them all, and gets nothing but gutter balls. Kevin says he's leaving, but the kids ask him to stay. Uh, and then Ed says something from his comics about using a woman as bait. So they tie Naz up to use her as bait. And there's a glowing light going on and off. And the door opens. They see shadow figures in the windows and the door. And a figure steps out. And this thing has... They, they see the silhouettes of these aliens in the window. And they all have squid heads. And the kids are terrified. It's Rolf with an octopus on his head. He reveals that it's a celebration. His relatives from the old country have come to see him. And the relatives have turned the furnace up way too high. And Rolf invites the kids in. Find out the light was from the projector. Kevin leaves. The other kids leave too. Eddie couldn't get away. Rolf catches him. Double D chooses to stay, but Ed carries him away. And Naz stays tied up. And then there's this weird shot of the cul-de-sac being lifted into space and flown around by a UFO. And that's how we close. The Eds are coming. And the quote I have is when Ed rolls his bowling balls, he yells, Gutter ball! May I have this Ed? Eddie's chasing Ed for a donut, and Eddie spins Ed, making him drill down through the floor, and then he comes back up behind Eddie. Ed is going through the lockers, they're all destroyed. Double D gets a poster. Uh, it's a poster for the school dance that is that same night, and they didn't know about it earlier because Double D hit it because Double D didn't want to go to the dance.
Eddie puts a sign-up sheet on the wall. Ed signs it because he wants to win a date with Eddie. He's the only one that signs it, so. Uh, we, uh, Doldie says normally the, the boy asks the girl. And then we see Sarah rejecting Johnny, screaming at him, calling him fish face. Eddie has a book for picking up ladies. How you're supposed to woo them and ask them on a date and how to make them fall in love with you, basically. Double D keeps trying to get away. And Eddie's like, we got to practice asking out this mannequin so we can get this, get this down, you know, so we don't mess up like we always do. And Ed introduces the mannequin to Sheldon, his lucky cheese. We go to the dance, and the boys are on one side, girls are on the other. May's the only one dancing. And the ads, uh, Sarah and Jimmy come in, the ads walk in right after. Eddie has a fake goatee on. I don't know why. He's always got this, like, I've got to look mature, I've got to look older than I am thing going on. We find out that Rolf brought Wilfred the pig. Naz waves, and the ads sweat, and she waves at Double D again. I think I said this during the Halloween episode. I think Naz has a thing for Double D. I really, really do. Uh, Double D tries to leave and bumps into Sarah. He's like, excuse me, I'm sorry. Sarah says, Double D, is there something you want to ask me? She wants to dance with Double D, but she wants Double D to ask. Naz asks Kevin, and then he backs away to go get Punch. We find Eddie hiding in the Punch Bowl. My very next note is, WTF is Rolf wearing? He's got this, like, big round green suit, and it looks like it's got little, like, spikes coming off of it. Like a round cactus, almost. Naz doesn't wait for Double D to ask her to dance. She grabs Double D's hand, takes him out to the dance floor, and they dance, and she's showing him how to dance, and Maurice asks, because that's her man, ain't nobody gonna touch her man, so she grabs Eddie, goes on the dance floor, and she's ready to kiss Eddie, and then Lee comes in, and all these other kids, and it turns to a big fight, and you know in a, in a cartoon, when they get in the big, like, dust ball, and they're fighting... It was like that. Um, one thing I did note, that be before this turned to a huge fight, Ed was dancing with Wilfred and it made Rolf mad because Ed didn't ask permission to dance with Wilfred. Like he didn't say, hey Rolf, can I dance with your pig? So all these kids get involved in this giant fight and the Eds leave the school in this like, fight ball I guess this fight ball is going around the school and the school gets destroyed and that's the end of the episode um, at one point earlier in the episode Ed says just call me Charmin Marvin at the very end of the episode Double D says I got to dance with Naz and Ed says and I got Wilford's phone number guys Alright, this is the... I need a second.
This is the final Ed, Ed, and Eddie episode before the movie. It's called Look Before You, Ed. Something I had is uh, Look Before You, Ed is um, season six. Um, IMDb has the ads are coming as season six, but it's actually the date on it is for the very end of um, season five. Here we go. Final episode for the movie. Look before you, Ed. Sarah and Jimmy are playing in the snow. They're really just kind of like running across the snow. Jimmy trips. Kevin, Naz, and Johnny start throwing snowballs at Sarah and Jimmy. And Jimmy gets nailed, covered in snow. And the Eds are walking in the snow. Um, Eddie says that two inches of snow wasn't enough to cancel school. So I was like, are they going to school or are they just playing? So it looks like everyone's just like playing. We see Sarah making a ton of snow angels. But if they're supposed to be going to school, they'll be like walking to school. You know what I mean? Ed's excited because he can see his breath. He calls himself Hibachi Man. He thinks he's got a superpower because of it. Um, Double D plays with Ed. He's like... I forget what he says, but he's got like celery and he chases him around a little bit. We said Jimmy can't make a snow angel. He literally moves his arms a little bit and he's like, I can't move. I sprained my funny bone. As Ed's running from Double D, he slides into Jimmy and Jimmy hits a fire hydrant and the water comes up like a geyser and freezes. So Jimmy is frozen in the water geyser double d gets a ladder and a hair dryer i don't know where it's plugged into but he starts thawing him out double d had said something about um, exercising caution ed says that would burn his thighs so he puts snow down his pants uh double d has been wanting to make a safety club and jimmy is interested now we're at school, Eddie has stole lunch trays so they can all go sledding. Double D takes the trays, gives them to Jimmy, and Jimmy locks them up. And Ed and Eddie are recruited into the safety club. Ed is pulling the safety sled, much like you would see like a St. Bernard with the barrel around their neck. That's Ed. He, he pulls the safety sled, and Double D sees Sarah Naz on ice. And he's worried that they're going to fall through into a large body of water and be washed away. It's a puddle. Then we see that Johnny is a snowman. Like, he's just packed in snow except his head. So he is covered in stuffed animals to warm his body up. So he doesn't get hypotherm or hypothermia. Kevin snowboarding and he goes up the side of the school and downlings on a giant balloon. And then Kevin chases Eddie. Ed and Eddie go in the school, shut the door. Kevin is coming by. He he put a like a boat motor, like a small boat motor on his snowboard. He's going around real fast. And when Ed and Eddie go in, shut the door. He he comes up and bounces off the door. And it looked the school like tilted back and maybe rolled a little bit. 
Now, Double D is having Ed and Eddie clear ice with salt. Eddie decides to use this little contraption to shoot snow cones at everybody. You got a quarter, you get a snow cone. Jimmy's had enough of the safety club. He believes that the school needs to be protected from something else other than just like dangerous habits. So we see that the Eds are in a dumpster jail. The dumpster's on its side and there's like ice bars for the for the jail. Jimmy has started the and I think I may have misheard this, the Owie Go Kapowie Club. Eddie is looking the ice as the kids are leaving. Eddie's or uh, Jimmy's giving them helmets and stuff that say OGK on them for the Owie Go Kapowie Club. Kids are leaving. Eddie's looking the ice bars to try to get out. His tongue is frozen to it. And Eddie's like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Double D gets Ed to use his breath as as hibachi man to push Eddie through the bars. And when Eddie comes out on the other side, he says, I don't have to go anymore. And that's the end of Look Before You, Ed. Few quotes. Ed says, lunch trays are the transportation of tomorrow, Double D. This was a good line from Eddie. What's winter without a snow job? Get it? Snow? Job? And then Rolf, at the very end of the episode, when the kids are coming out of the school, he says, yes, Rolf finally feels safe enough to appear in this episode. And that is it for the Ed and Eddie episodes. I am sorry if you've heard other noises. Um, I've bumped my table, I've bumped my microphone, I've moved in my chair. And this microphone is picking up literally everything. I'm gonna do my best to cut those noises out. Um, Again, I apologize for all those sounds in. I'm having to record this a certain way and literally Everything is getting picked up, and I'm really, really sorry for the bad audio with it. Like literally, my micro or my headphone cord keeps barely touching the table, and it's like, dung. It's driving me insane. With season six, they were actually greenlighted for a bunch of episodes. So they put out these two, and then they made the movie, and then they scrapped the rest of the season. That's why it's so short. It's two episodes. But they focused on making the movie more than another two seasons. I get it, because the Ed, Ed, and Eddie run was not going to last much longer. The whole season five felt like it was being phoned in. Uh, to me, I think they really hit it out of the park with season four. What I think should have happened was had the season four ending where the Eds are adults and they're remembering all their past adventures. And I wanted like, I wanted a movie that would kind of like round that out. Like, 
oh, this is what happened, and this is this summer, and then we went to school, and then we all grew up, and, you know, I, I think that would have been a much better way to go. But on the other hand, I believe that the studio was anticipating making more episodes. They had already been greenlit for season five. And then they they're like, okay, let's put him in school. I could be wrong in that. But that's just my speculation. I really don't have anything else to add. Man, I just it's hard for me to say goodbye to the Eds. It really is. And it's going to it's gonna very much play this way when I cover the movie. I'm just I'm not looking that forward to it. But it's gotta be done. I guess all that's left is to wrap this up. And then next episode no next yeah. Next podcast um, may not run as long, and then I'm going to try to get back down to that one hour mark. I know the last few episodes have been a lot longer. I thank you so much for listening to them. Um, trying to get through a massive series like this, it required me to put more time in to, to covering episodes. And... If I do a longer series like that, where it's an, where it's like a bunch of seasons of like 20 plus episodes, I may have to start doing that again. But uh, the next show is not going to take very much. Um, just several months, I'll be through it. Literally, I'm going to cover season one in one podcast. Like that's how short it is. And then one, two, three, four, five, six podcasts after that, probably. And I'll be through that entire series. But that is to discuss another time. Um, I will be covering, after the Ed and Eddie movie, the big picture show, it's called. I will be covering Your Pretty Faces Going to Hell, starring Henry Zabrowski, Craig Rowan, Master Vito. Um, I hope I said his name correctly. It's an adult swim show, and all four seasons of it are available on Hulu. I will give a little bit more detail probably next podcast about it. Shifting gears going there. The um, talking on the podcast probably going to be more explicit. Maybe it might be that way going forward. I may hit another series where the language isn't as adult. I'm not sure, though. I could have really went adult the language on this so many times, and I'm glad I didn't. I think that would have pulled away from the series itself. That's really all I can think of. So you can find the podcast at Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. I need to throw a note in here. I forgot about Overcast on the last podcast. I thought it was something else. I ended up cutting out what I thought it was, but I forgot to list Overcast on the 
previous podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at EPSOFTV. I do tweet non-podcast related things. I use it as my personal Twitter and the podcast Twitter. If I say something, you don't agree with it, just don't follow me, I guess. I really don't care one way or the other. I'm just not going to break down to a fight over a disagreement. You can email me at epsoftv at gmail.com. I'm still looking for guests. I'm still looking for co-host. If you want to come on as a guest and then you're like, hey, I want to try being a co-host. This was fun. Uh, We can talk about it. My voice is getting rough. I can feel it. So send me a message, a DM on Twitter or an email and say, hey, I want to say hi. I want to talk about the Eds. I want to be a guest. I want to whatever. Yeah, that's really all I got. Um, Next time on the podcast, I'll be covering Ed, Ed and Eddie's big picture show. That's going to round out the Eds. We're going to say goodbye to them. And remember, you can find the podcast at Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at EPSOFTV. Remember, I'm covering Ed and Eddie's Big Picture Show on the next episodes of television. Hey, everybody. You're listening to some of the older episodes of the episodes of television podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I do want to let you in on some information as the podcast has changed over the last, I don't know, year and almost two years that I've done this. Um, The podcast is no longer available on Podbean. It is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. And... I am no longer on Twitter. Um, I deleted the Twitter back in like June, I think. June 2020, I believe. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on to the, um, the information that I give out at the end of the podcast, how much it has changed. And I didn't really want to go through and chop out little tiny pieces of the podcast and repost them when I can just add this. It's so, so much easier. Um, again, no longer on Podbean, no longer on Twitter. Um, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Uh, if you want to keep listening, thank you so very much for listening. I do appreciate it. Thank you.